Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. John 3.30 podcast. He must increase, I must decrease, is the message John 3.30 invites us to live. Incorporating this into our everyday lives can be a challenge. What keeps your fire burning? We have many wonderful ways to stay close to our faith, whether it be the Mass, spiritual readings, prayer, adoration, or the Rosary. This is Catholic Faith Life, and here's our host, Jason Nunez. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the John 3.30 podcast. This is your host, Jason Nunez, and welcome to episode number 78. We have a great, great episode for you today. Uh, today, I have with me, uh, I have Mr. F- uh, f- uh, not Mr., but Father. <laughs> I have Father Richard Samore. Samore, yeah. Hello, Father. How are you doing today? Fine, Jason. You? How are you? Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Doing good. Thank you very okay. much. Uh, before we get going, um, if you can go ahead and kick us off with a prayer, I'd greatly appreciate it. Let us start with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. And I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me. And in all your creatures, I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord. And so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve. And with boundless confidence for you, are my father. Amen. Alrighty. Amen. Thank you very much for that. All right. If you can do us a favor and share with us a little bit about yourself, Father. Okay. I'm originally from El Salvador. My first language is Spanish. Um, I am um, late vocation, I'm 55, almost 56. And um, I came to United States in 2002. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, to Florida, I have a brother and sister. Okay. So I came to this country, not with the intentions to find a job. To, the intention was to have with, with my family, close to my family. I don't have uh, my parents, and I have a, a other family in Denver in New York Hmm. so at that time I was uh, uh, reflecting and discernment about my vocation I I have two majors I am a computer engineer and uh, I have a master in business administration oh wow 
I worked for 20 years in a government company in my country. So the idea to come close to my family was to uh, to have the love of family. Because right. family is so important. And no one else was in my country. So I was ordained in San Antonio in 2012, May 19, under the guidance of Archbishop Gustavo. And I have uh, had three assignments. Uh, my first assignment was in um, Shrine of Padre Pio. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I was for one year in Del Rio in St. Joseph, the parish. And uh, as a pastor, first time was in St. Clair. Gotcha. This is my uh, sixth year as a pastor. So, And then I, I have the Chorus Apostolate. I am chaplain. And also uh, I visit the detention center. And uh, I have a Spanish program in Virgen de Guadalupe Radio. And this is in general my, uh, I would say, background in my vocation right now, my ministry. Yes. We're, we're definitely going to speak about uh, courage mm-hmm. um, a little bit later on. So mm-hmm. coming from a, a background where you said it was business administration. Yes. And also... Um, you mentioned uh, computer computer engineering, computer yes. engineering yes. correct? Uh-huh. Um, to to now, you know, you you were ordained as a priest. You said at 2012, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And now you are a pastor at um, St. Clair's. Mm-hmm. That is correct. So you've kind of lived in two different worlds. Right, you've you've lived in the business world, <laughs> yes, and you, you now live in in a world where you're a, a pastor mm-hmm. of of a parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to other people that I've spoken to, who who are um, lay people, mm-hmm. you know, devout to their faith, but they're still lay people. Uh, you yourself, you know, you're you know a priest. That's that's your that's your job. That's your calling. Mm-hmm. What is it about the priesthood that what 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 to you was the call that you felt to a move from the business world to becoming a priest yeah. and b how do you keep your fire burning every day because you're doing this every day it isn't like you go to mass on Sunday mm-hmm. and you know pray the rosary during the week and then go back to mass on Sunday yeah. it's it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. How do you do that as a pastor of a parish? That is a good question. You said something important. Sure. The priesthood is a vocation. Yes. It is a call. Yes. That is similar for um, marriage, for example. Correct. You are a married Correct. person, right? Mm-hmm. There is a call, it's a vocation. And uh, I cannot explain how this is called or this vocation. I can, and I will share with you the process of this call and to listen but I don't have an explanation of how is this vocation it's something that God uh, it is God's will, it is his plan mm-hmm. that is obviously we have uh, free will to accept the offering I always as a lay person wanted to have a family it was so always my dream to marry a good woman 
and to have five girls. It was, really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want boys, and I named them. Oh, I wow. remember. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because uh, friends asked me, what happens if, if you have a boy? I will change in the, the hospital. I don't want boys. <laughs> you uh, trading the boy for a girl. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. But, um, and I was engaged in my country mm-hmm. with this woman for three years. We bought a house. We planned everything. But I... I had something, I felt something in my, in my heart that I, that this relationship will not work, mm. it will not be peaceful or happy. And it was a daily discernment. So I remember that few days before to, to finish a relationship, I, I told her that what I was, uh, feeling because I always wanted to, to serve the Lord I was involved in my parish this this was in my country sure so uh, I told her that that we couldn't continue and she told me so do you have another woman I said no it's not a woman it's a man <laughs> she didn't believe me she <laughs> hid my cheek so um, we we broke our relationship a few years later, I came to United States. The situation of my country was not the best. You know, the civil war in the 80s and 90s. Right, right. And was not a safe place to live. So with my brother and sisters living here, so they invited me to come here. I said, okay, it's fine. So I came uh, to United States, but always wanted to, to be married, to have a family. And uh, but obviously wanted to serve the Lord and something more than uh, a lay person, something more involved, more deep. I will say. I wanted to be a, a permanent deacon, so I was talking with this priest in Florida, Miami, and he told me, "No, if you enter as a single person, it's a diaconate program. You cannot be married." I say, "Why? Why not?" What a stupid rule, I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he invited me to to consider the priesthood. And I said, no, Father, I am I am old. I, I, at that time, I was 38 years old. So, he uh, contacted me with the vocation director of Miami at that time, Father Pedro Corses. And I was in the sermon for one year. It was not easy, to be honest. It was not easy not the discernment, but the process. I didn't think too much uh-huh. to to make the decision. I think if I think too much, probably I'll not be a priest. And uh, one of the uh, my concerns was it is to be celibate, celibacy. You know, as a priest, we have to promise three things: uh, obedience celibacy and uh, simple life right and you know as a as an adult as a person who have had a life my first idea is i i can't i will i will not be um a good priest because 
I will not be a, a celibate person or to live in chastity or so on. Let me tell you, my uh, things, uh, days, my youngest life was not the best. I, uh, I was not the best version of myself. Okay. I was living la vida loca as, a, <laughs> as a old teenagers. You know? Okay, sure. And uh, this is why I, I, I was a little concerned about it. But since that time, what I discovered that the difficult thing is obedience. I'm not saying that to be celebrated is not, it is. Sure. There is a daily opportunity to grow. But uh, for God's grace, God has shown me the ways to keep my life in a state of grace and, uh, and to be um, chaste. I am a priest. Let me clarify something because it will be part of the second question. Sure. I'm a priest. But before to be a priest, I am man, I am a person. Right. So I don't have VIP with God that I will go directly to heaven. Mm -mm. No, I don't. So I go to confession every month and I have my spiritual director. And is I have shared this with my community. And this keeps me alive. Part of my vocation. Be before to start our conversation, Jason, you said something that I would like to maybe clarify you said your job as a priest do you remember that said right before? right it's, it's not a job calling it is a vocation correct that is the same with you as a married person it's not that job because when when the priest takes his ministry as a job is when we fail is when we are not faithful to God and to the people of God So when we understand that this is a call that comes from God, it is a gift. So is my experience. I try to keep alive this call daily. That is not easy. Mm -mm, it's not. So uh, going back to the, the talk. So now uh, I'm learning every day is, a, is a, an opportunity to learn, to improve my ministry. And... Uh, I'm trying to keep my priestly office in the best way that I can. I am not a superhero. I am not <laughs> Superman. I, uh, I am a man. Unfortunately, people think that we are perfect, and we are not. Right. I told my community, I go to confession, and I am a sinner. And probably I am the biggest sinner than you are. Why God called me? I don't know. But I, I feel blessed. It's not an excuse. I'm saying that we are weak and we are limited. So my ministry uh, has, has have had some challenges, the assignments, I will say. And when I said that it's difficult to to the obedience, it is, and I will I will explain. My first assignment in, in Shrine of Padre Pio, you know, when when the priest is ordained, want to change the world. Sure. You want to be the Messiah. <laughs> you had you want to do everything. Obviously, I had a good mentor, so Monsignor Raxdale, but he's it's, it's not an easy person. Was a little challenged, but 
I learned a lot from him. So I was adjusting to my my community, my ministry, the relationship with him. This was almost four months. So one day I received, it was a Sunday at the end of the day, and I received a call from the Archbishop. He asked me, he's a, a good shepherd. He always talked with us, how are you, how's going in your parish, all of this. Right. So he called me that Sunday, I remember, and said, uh, how are you, Father Richard? I, I was sharing with him. And he said, uh, we have a need in another parish. And we would like that you take this responsibility as a vicar in this parish it's in San Joseph in Del Rio. I am not familiar with Texas. At that time, I was not. I thought that Del Rio was a Rio, you know, a river. Uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't know there was a city. Got there it. is a, a borderline mm-hmm. to Mexico. I don't know if you are familiar with right. the area. Yes. So. And, uh, and, and he said, we would like that you, you are assigned already to San Joseph in the Rio. Okay, Archbishop, it's fine. And when uh, you would like that I, I move to the Rio, it's tomorrow. Okay. Could you imagine? It was 5 p.m. <laughs> on Sunday. I had to organize my room and everything to right. pack. Yep. And vamos. So I was uh, for one year. It's a beautiful community. All communities are different. This was a special. In the beginning, Jason, was difficult for me to adjust because it's a different environment. To live in a borderline is not the same to live in the city. I come from a small city in my country, but not borderline. Just a different uh in uh, different countries, for example. Mm-hmm. No. So it was complicated for me. It was difficult, very difficult. But it was easy to adjust because of the community, because how people welcomed me as a priest. So I was uh, in St. Joseph for almost one year. I was adjusted, I was happy, I was in peace. And then it was that Thursday that I received a call from the vicar for priest, uh, Father Jim Fischler. And we were talking a little bit, and he said, Archbishop has appointed you in another parish. And I say, really? Yes, yes. (laughs) And what is that parish? Which parish is this? I said, there is St. Clair in San Antonio. Okay, and, and who is the pastor? No, 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 you will be the pastor. And, and I asked him, when I, wa- I had to move, on Monday you had to be in San Antonio. It was Thursday. So these kind of movements are not easy. Sounds nice and easy, but it's not. Right, there's a lot that goes into moving. things. Yes. Especially when you, you love the people, when people love you. And when you are adjusted in a lot right, of things. Right, right. But it's, it is a good uh, challenge. In a, it's not challenge. I call challenges opportunities to, to grow, to improve my life. So I'm here now as a pastor of St. Clair. has been a challenge also, and for good opportunities. And... Um, just uh, waiting for what is the next step 
from their studies, you see. How I keep my ministry alive is not easy. Mm -hmm. It is not. There is something that you have to have, a deep relationship with God and a deep relationship with the Eucharist. Let me explain. Sometimes I hear my people saying, I feel God, I, well, I don't feel God, I don't feel... A relationship with God is not about feelings. You never will feel God because God is not a person. A relationship with God is a way of living. There is something that you understand that is helping you that you need it for living, for example. There is something that I, it is Sunday morning that I don't want to wake up, I'm tired, but I know that I have to go and to celebrate Mass. Right. For two reasons. One, because I needed the Eucharist. I need to receive Christ. And second one, because I am the pastor. I am the only pastor in the parish, so I have two. I don't have options. But a relationship with God is something that you understand. You as a lay person. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. So I don't want to pray. I will pray later. No, no, no. It's not about it. It's something that you have understood that you need it. Because if you don't do it, you will be sick spiritually. It is something like medicines, for example. The doctor said, take this medicine daily. But you know that it's not, it's not nice medicine sometimes. Medicine don't taste good. Right. But you have to take it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't take it, you will be sick. So, it is something that you needed. So, there is a prayer that we priest, or I, at least I, I have put in my sacristy, that said more or less, Priest of God, celebrate this Mass. That is your first Mass, your last Mass, the only mass. And this keep me alive. But I will be honest. Sometimes is um I have a, I have had this feeling like a, to do something to celebrate mass celebrate mass like a, um something that is daily, continuously, that is a habit. Mm -hmm. There is, it is not. There is a, a temptation because when you, when the priest celebrates too many masses, there is easy to to fall in this temptation to take this as a routine. This is the right word, routine. So my first action in my parish was to, because the masses was uh, not to too much time separately from one mass and another mass. So I changed the schedule. Mm. So this helped me between mass and mass to 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 come down, to reflect, to to rest at least, and to be prepared for the next mass. I don't have too many masses; it's four masses on the weekends. Besides, besides of the sometimes I have weddings or baptism on Saturdays. I try not to commit too much, but because the the parish is not uh, a large parish. It is it is easy to to manage the time. So this is one action. But what keep me alive, beside all of this, is my regular time of prayer. 
So prayers keep me alive. And I think for everybody, prayer is, is what we need to, to survive because we can be contaminated by the world. We can be um, like seduced right. by things that are not good. It is a challenge. It is a challenge. And I don't think what's happened, what will happen tomorrow. Because I don't know. I don't know if I will be here. I'm here today. Today is Wednesday. Good. And uh, if God give me another day tomorrow, it will be over time. And I'm happy and peaceful. <laughs> and tomorrow I will live my life as is my last day. So I try to keep my day in the best way that I can. Not, I am not perfect. I'm trying to to live my ministry as a as a holy person, as a good person, in order to be a good and holy priest. So this is, in general, I will say that I I can share. A question for you. So, in in the times that you find that it may be challenging to be obedient, Mm -hmm. or like you mentioned, we may be tempted by the world, Mm -hmm. how do you overcome those feelings of not wanting to be obedient or of what the world has to offer? That's something you've already experienced, right? So... How do you overcome those situations and feelings as a priest? Let me share an experience that I had with um, a spiritual director when I was seminary in Miami. Uh-huh. He was a retired bishop. He has he, he he has died already. And at that time, I was reflecting the same about obedience. And he told me, I have been free for 35 years, he told me. Mm -hmm. 35 years that I was a priest, he said, including the office of bishop. I always be obedient to my bishop. And this is why I was free. I live freely my life. Because I always do what God wanted not only for me but for the people of God hmm. this this was a good teaching I'm not saying that sometimes it's difficult sometimes I disagree with some situations some point of view of the Archbishop but at the end I I understand that his his office is guided by the Holy Spirit right I really, really believe in this. Second one, I believe that his decisions are for the common good of the Archdiocese. It is not easy sometimes. No, it's not. But my prayer life, my regular sessions with my spiritual directors help me to, uh, to rest and release some feelings because I know that these feelings don't come from God 
There is the devil. There is a, a kind of evil spirit. But it doesn't mean that sometimes, yes, you're right. I have these feelings, but it doesn't mean that these, uh, these uh, feelings take my peace. No. I try not to. And about temptation. So I was... One day I was talking with a, a friend of mine and he said, Father, I don't want to have temptations. He <laughs> said, good. Do you know what is the way? I said, yes. Tell me, please. When you die, you will not have any temptations. It is the only <laughs> moment that we will not be tempted. Life is surrounded for many uh, situations and temptations, but this Temptations are not sins. It is the way how we we deal with this. Right. And it is the prayer when that is helping me as a priest because one of the scriptures said that um, the persons who receive more will be demanded more. And I'm sure that this office demanded more from God. Because I believe, Jason, that the sins of a priest have more consequences than a lay person, and and this this is the fear of the Lord. This is the fear of the Lord, and um, and again, this is why I go to confession. I have my regular time for reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Is when I experience the mercy and compassion of God. It is the only way that I can I can realize that the love of God for me. And it's I can understand what you mean about like say the sins of a priest may have more weight. Um that's actually why I really hold priests and sisters and nuns and people mm -hmm. that live a religious life mm -hmm. in such a high regard because they they can't claim ignorance. You know, they know. <laughs> you know, lay people may or may not be able to claim ignorance. Mm -hmm. uh, but a priest, a deacon, uh, a sister, a nun, anyone in a religious life, they, they can't. You know, you, you know. <laughs> and that, that's why, like, I personally hold um, those people in such a high regard. Because it must be difficult at times to, to know like okay well I, I know this is wrong and and just to proceed down the right path and not be able to say oh well I didn't know you know mm -hmm. um, that's uh, yes, we don't have excuse right exactly that's kind of what I was trying to say is there's really no excuse so it's, that's that's great if I may um, you mentioned your prayer life a couple times so far throughout the episode if I may ask, how do you pray? It's a good question. It's the question that I always ask. <laughs> <laughs> I have my regular time. I I make a date with God daily mm -hmm. because it is it is something that I have to. It is uh, first. I have to understand the need of the prayer. This is basic. When you understand that you need something, you make time. 
Sometimes people said, Father, I don't have time to pray. It is true. There is no time to pray. There is no time to sleep. There, in, there is no time to, to work. Right. There is no time to, time to eat. But you to have rest. to make because you need it. Right? <laughs> right. So prayer is the same. So my prayer time is early in the morning because it's the only time that I, I, I have enough space, silence, is to have this relationship with God because during the day sometimes it's complicated. I can plan my day, but sometimes I my plans are different or God's plans are different. I had to visit uh-huh. a, a sick. I had to go to a hospital. Or for example, sometimes people call me to go to the medical center. It's almost 45 minutes from my parish. Sure. So one side, another side, almost three hours. This takes me a morning or an afternoon. Right. So I cannot plan during the day. So how I pray, I have to pray my uh, the liturgy of the hours of part of my uh, commitment. But also is a conversation with God. It's a, a talking. I I have learned how God speak to me. He doesn't speak to me as we are talking right now. Mm-hmm. And the way that God speaks to me is through the books. Sometimes when I'm when I am uh, reflecting and praying, sometimes I read the spiritual books and say I found something. So wow, this is the answer that I was expecting from God. For example, uh, Wednesday is my day off. You know, as a part of a commitment as priests we had to celebrate Mass daily. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes laziness took me the time in, I, for few Wednesdays, I didn't celebrate Mass. So one day I was uh, thinking, how would be the best way that I can be pushed to celebrate Mass? So my only way was to tell the community that we will have Mass on Wednesday. I canceled the Mass on Wednesdays. So now we have Mass on Wednesday, so it's the way the, that I, I can celebrate Mass. It is part of my prayer life. It's part of my commitment. So in general, I will say, my prayer life is, is taken in two, in few ways. One, my regular uh, prayers, the mm-hmm. mercy, the liturgy of the hours, the rosary, but also um, the discernment, the Lexio Divina, I will say. And sometimes when I, I am not in a good mood, <laughs> because I am a person, right. I, I will lie, I will say that always I am in a good mood. No, it's not. <laughs> sure. And I have to do something, and I don't want to. And I said, Lord, I offer this as a prayer. So this action that is difficult for me is a, another way of prayer. It's what Jesus said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take your cross and follow me. So these are kind of uh, in different ways that I pray. But also, when I told you about to make uh, to have a date with God, how can we improve our prayer 
uh, journey. It is having praying at the same time. Why? Because this is like a, a, a time of meal. For example, when it's noon, you are hungry, right? right? Why? Not because it's noon, no, because you have 40, 50 years eating at the same time. So now when you are, when there is noon, you feel that I'm hungry. So prayer is the same. If you establish a time, a regular time, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., it doesn't matter the time. I know that after one month praying the same time, I will feel something not good if I don't pray. Mm-hmm. So this is a way that I this helped me to keep my prayer life active. Excellent. Faithful, obviously. Right, right. Sounds like it's um, it's um, a discipline. It's a discipline. It's a discipline because yes. you, just like you, you, you had canceled the Wednesday Mass and now you have it back on. Mm-hmm. So you now you're, okay, I have a commitment. Yes. So I need to be disciplined enough to fulfill that commitment yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as well. So yeah. There's something that I am convinced that I need to do. Certainly, mm-hmm. certainly. Thank you very much for sharing that. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I want to take some time. Uh, we are recording this episode in July, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure when you all will be hearing it. You know, some people hear it as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. Some people may hear it later on. But we are recording this episode in July, July 3rd, actually. Mm-hmm. So we were just outside of June. Mm-hmm. And in, in the secular world, um, June was celebrated as Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um you are the chaplain of the organization called Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can please just share with us some information about Courage, yeah. uh, its mission, and um, the work that you do. Yes, with Courage. thank you for the question. I think it's so important Indeed. to clarify some misconceptions, some misunderstandings. Sure. First, the church is moving with the times. No, in the same direction of the secular world, of course. Right. But the church accompany all people who are dealing with same-sex attraction, but they want to live chaste lives. This is the key of the apostolate. Right. So it's a support group, the men and women who experience same-sex attractions, who have homosexual relationships, or maybe have difficulties with uh, pornography, masturbation, uh, bisexuality. But they are, they are convinced that they want to live chaste lives. So the goal of courage is not to change the person's inclination, because the change comes from God only, Right. And the permission of the person. God will not do anything if the person doesn't agree. God can do everything, but he gave us free will. Free will. Yes. So when people are open at least to listen, is when God can enter. Okay, so this is first because sometimes, and probably you have heard, that, pe- that people said, that the church rejects uh, homosexual or there is a homophobic. No, it's not. So the church welcomes everybody. Right. Everybody. All are welcome. Yes. 
But it's a difference with the sacraments. We, we need to clarify something. We do. Yes, the, the church as an institution instituted by Jesus welcome everybody. But also the sacraments were established for people who want to follow Christ. Remember when uh, uh, Jesus was with Pilate and, and Pilate, uh, Jesus said, I am, uh, this is the truth. And Pilate said, what is the truth? And Jesus said, I am the truth, the way in the life. So when people want to walk in the way of the Lord, it is about the sacrament. It is when they agree with. Mm-hmm. If I ask you, what is the requirement to receive communion? Beside of... Uh, um, having the sacrament of uh, Eucharist, what do you need in order to receive communion? Um, you need to be in good standing with the church, not commit a moral sin. In a state of grace. State of grace, correct. It's correct. Not to have uh, a mortal sin. Correct. And the church teaches that any kind of sexual relationship, any kind, homosexual or an heterosexual relationship outside of marriage, is a mortal sin, right? Correct. But also gossip, resentment, mm-hmm. yep. hate, envy. And tell me, how many people who go to Mass right. have experienced gossip, uh, envy, resentment, and they cannot receive? They can <laughs> if they have received already the sacrament of reconciliation. Some people go to Mass for that gossip. <laughs> <laughs> to this is their another own. story. Of that's course. that's maybe for a, that's maybe for a different episode. <laughs> it is true, but you see the what social it, aspect. You see what is the difference, right? So the church, Jesus established. We need to be we need to be clear, right? Jesus established uh, the sacraments in order to sanctify our lives, but it's a freely decision if you want to. The problem is that. The society wants to push the church to change something that the church doesn't have authority to change. Right. Because it was established by God. Right. So the church is not in the conditions to change something. And this will not happen. Never will happen. Right. But this is not rejection. This is not a homophobic. On the contrary, a homophobic person is the person who doesn't accept himself or herself as God created the person. This is an homophobic person. And when, when you see uh, people who claim LGBTQ, what does it mean? This is a label, right? Correct. This is discrimination. <laughs> and this is not correct. And the church doesn't uh, classify people as heterosexual or homosexual. Mm-mm. If you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, said that we are created in the image and likeness of God, men and women. It doesn't matter your inclinations, and it doesn't matter your sins. God loves you. Obviously, the church cannot uh, tolerate an action that contrary to the sanctification of the person. So we need to understand that, but it's a freely decision. Second one, some people claim that there is a, an homosexual gene. Mm-mm. There is not an homosexual gene that is proved by psychologists and professionals. There is no exist. 
But some sometimes people say, mm, I don't know, I don't believe. It's, it's, this is your problems, you don't believe or you don't want to believe. And this is not about faith, it's not about religion. It is a fact right. that no one born with an homosexual gene. According to the psychologists, the inclination in the action of homosexuality sometimes is, for one reason, um, low self-esteem, and some problems in the childhood have not been resolved. Mm. This, I'm mm-hmm. talking about psychologists. I'm, sure. I'm not talking about uh, the church. Right. And another thing is this. For example, the same-sex union in, in marriage. Marriage is a covenant between three people, God and the husband and wife. Correct. Same-sex union is a contract. But also, what, what was God's purpose for, for marriage? Two purposes. Or to create men and women. Complementarity and procreation. And two people with the same sex cannot complement each other because they're the same. And also they cannot uh, reproduce either. So this is not the order, the natural order. I'm not, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about science. Two men or two women cannot have children, naturally. Naturally. Cannot. You, you need to incorporate science or other, other, other things, but right. this is not the natural order. Not natural order, correct. So when, when we see all of this, you see the difference. But the church, uh, I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about the action, right? Because as we discussed before about temptations... There is a temptation, obviously, for the same sex, yes. But the person has free will to make choices, to choose to have this sexual relationship or not to have it. But it it's depends on the person. So the church doesn't uh, reject anybody, welcome everybody. And the church wants the sanctification of the person. But again, I insist... I emphasize, it's a freely decision. It's encouraged. What we do is, I am facilitator. Correct. I am not a professional, and also I don't want to sound disrespectful, because some people have asked me, Father, are you gay? Are you homosexual? No, I am not. This is a, a different call from God. Right. It's like, uh, for example, a, a primary doctor. Primary doctor is a general doctor. But uh, some doctors have uh, specializations, right? Right. So this is a different um, call in the uh, vocation in the, as a doctor. As a, yes, as a doctor. I, I read books. I watch video. I attend conferences. But my teachings come from the members. And the parents also, the apostolate have the, 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 the group for parents that is called Encourage. Right, right. There is a, an apostolate for parents who have children or loved ones who experience same-sex attraction. Uh, going back to, the, to Courage. So it's a support group, it's a prayer group that we share what we do in daily life. And sometimes I, I, I give a talk depending on the needs of the group. 
Sometimes I have some guests. Obviously, everything is confidential. I cannot speak more in detail, neither the, the, the days, the time, the place, or something like that. Sure. But, again, they, they are committed to live just like at least trying to live a life according to what God wants. Let me explain. What, what we said, Jason, in the uh, um, act of contrition, could you tell me what we said at the end? Do you remember? At the end, you're putting me on the spot here. Every time I go to confession, that is the one thing I need to look for. I always reach to <laughs> my left fine, for the card. We always have a card. <laughs> and I reach for that said, card. <laughs> and I feel me resolved with the grace of God not to commit this sin again. Right. Okay. It is a promise. Mm -hmm. And we don't commit sin again? Yes. We do. Yes. Daily. Daily. Hourly <laughs> at times. Yes. But we don't judge anybody. So could you imagine if the priest said, because I'm a priest, I go to confession also. No, you will commit sin again. I cannot give you absolution. No, it is not the case. Right. So it is the... the 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 affirmation of the person that don't want to or the yes the person doesn't want to commit a sin again but it doesn't mean that he will or he or she will not commit sin again so it's a it's a it's a daily challenge so and this is the good thing of the group that I have I have a separately group men and women in English and Spanish that they are committed and when they want it they receive reconciliation it is a it is a journey it is a journey but we expect that someday this is my hope I hope that it is yours will go with God yes. and I told my people either way if I will make a stop it's fine I'm sure that going to he uh, heaven I will Obviously, we'll make an stop. To go to hell, we will not make any stop. So <laughs> this is the hope, right? That someday we'll enjoy heaven. So people who experience same-sex attraction, at least I ask you to listen, to give to God an opportunity to reflect about who they are, why they are here, what is the purpose on life, Mention you the month uh, June the month of the Pride Month. Um, do you know the word "gay" where it come from? Or what is the meaning? Uh, the original meaning. Yes, the original uh, meaning. Well, like happy. No. Okay. It's not the original meaning. Okay. The original meaning of "gay" is starting the sixteenth centuries in England. There was the young boys who wanted to have money. They were poor. So they were looking for all elder, older men to have sexual relationships. So these older men paid for these boys. See, these boys were called gays. Oh. This is the original word. Original word. Obviously, now they have changed, right? But it's not when I and when I explain people, do you know where the word gay come from? And they they are surprised that I don't want to be gay. 
because this is this is the reality. This is ignorance. You see, obviously, the world is sending different kind of uh, putting this beautiful. It's nice. No, right. it is not. It is not. But when you understand that you are more than a feeling, you are more than an action. That you are creating the image of God, not good, but very good. If you have read the book of Genesis, the chapter one, you will you will read when God created heavens and earth right. and everything. And the Bible said, and God sees that everything was good. But when He created men and women, when He created you and me, the Bible said, and God saw that everything created was very good. There is a huge difference. So we are not good. We are very good. very good. And in our actions, our sins do not change that goodness. Because the goodness comes from God, not from our actions. So there is a difference between an homosexual person, well, same-sex attraction, an homosexual person, and a person who claims that is gay. Same-sex attraction is, or same-sex attracted, is a person who have this feeling for another person. Again, it's not a sin. It's a temptation. Let me explain that way. I explain that way that sometimes, it's probably it's not the best example, but it's uh, easy to understand. For example, I love hamburgers. I, <laughs> I like hamburgers. I have a question for you later on about hamburgers, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> and um, if you put a lot of food and you put me hamburgers, I would choose hamburgers. Sure. Why? I don't know. But I know if I eat more than normal, I will be sick. Right. So it is something that is in me. It is the same with same-sex attraction. Obviously, there are some uh, specific situations, childhood experiences, other things that influence the person to be same-sex attracted. An homosexual person is someone who have, not only who have um, sexual, homosexual relationship, but someone who wants to live this life. But with the difference is that he or she has accepted that didn't bore homosexual. There is someone who choose this action. This is an homosexual person. And sometimes having homosexual relationship don't don't make the person homosexual. Right? Right. And a gay person <coughs> is someone who rejects everything about the creation and likeness of God. Someone who said, I born homosexual, I born gay, and who rejects his or her identity. Our identity, our identity come from God. And this is, this is the difference, you see the difference. That is <clears throat> the openness of the person who wants to listen to consider God in the in his or her situations. Now you mentioned that you know meetings and mm-hmm. whatever transpires in the meetings, all that's confidential. I perfectly understand that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if someone is listening though, and they would like more information on courage, or even pa- perhaps maybe they live in San Antonio. Or they live in another diocese that 
has a chapter of courage, mm-hmm. how how could they learn on on how to go to a meeting? Some dioceses have uh, the majority in the United States <clears throat> have a, a chapter. Right. So in San Antonio, um, there is a chapter for uh, courage and encourage English Correct. and Spanish. There is the only one chapter. And uh, they can contact me. That's on my cell phone. is 210-996-1371. So uh, I have a, a page in Facebook that they can have more information. In different dioceses, there is different chapters. Sure. There are some dioceses, for example, that don't have it. They have contact me or contact near the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, the process is this. Uh, I have an interview with the person it's to listen the story. is to see if he or she agree with the, with the process, with the, uh, the group. Because we are based in the teachings of the church. Basically, they're based in five aspects. For example, prayer and dedication, spiritual direction, uh, role model, support, and living the sacraments. And I don't reject anybody, including if they are not Catholics, but at least they try to live under these five aspects. This is, I will say, the, the therapy. Okay. It's not a therapy, it's, it's a support group. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is more than that, because this is only one moment when we have the meetings. But it's a freely decision, so the first step is to have the interview. For example, when uh, I had an interview with a, a, a young man who was a teenager, and we were discussing, we, he was sharing with me his experience and everything and and then I explained him what is the the goal of course to to live chase life at least to to try it right and he said no father I have my partner I don't want to be chased so I said I'm sorry this this group is not for you when you are ready yes you can call me and you can be part of the group because if the person doesn't want to live chaste lives, I'm not talking about changes, chaste lives, and that is for everybody, then it's not, that group is not for the person. This is the, the way of the process. Now, for the chapter here in San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you will be having a retreat coming up, correct? Yes. We will have a retreat in August the 3rd, it's Saturday. But the retreat is not only for men and women who experience same-sex attraction. In fact, the the topic is not uh, homosexuality or chastity. The topic is based on Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. That before I form you, I dedicated you. So it's for everybody who want to be holy. If you want to to live your life as a holy person, this retreat is for you. So it's for people who are in need to find this 
holiness in the midst of temptations. Yes, we'll speak. We'll speak uh, about the the works of the flesh mm-hmm. and the fruits of the spirits. That it is included, obviously, the part of chastity and by all of these aspects that help the person practically, practically to live uh, a holy life. God wants us to be holy and chaste. So is. If someone is interested, yes, the person can contact me at the same number, and I can give more information. And the retreat, it is one day. There will be reconciliation and uh, adoration and Holy Mass. There will be uh, sessions in English and in Spanish separately. In English would be Father John from the Brothers of Beloved Disciples and Mr. Mario Macias. He is a, a certified person of a theology of the body. So this is the retreat about. I this is this will be the third retreat. What is the goal of the retreat? Uh, beside of the to give some tools, people, skills to live uh, to find sanctity in daily life. My intention is to promote the apostolate. That people knows that the, that the Catholic Church strives to accompany men and women who are in search of holiness. So, if someone is interested, yes, uh, they can call me. Excellent, excellent. And where where will it be held? Here in Olit. Oh, exactly! Nobody, yes. Fantastic. So yes. we right here. We are where 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 we are recording this particular episode here at Old Blade Renal Center. And you said August third. August third. August third. Yes. Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Father, we're just about done. Or, sorry, we're almost done. Uh, we're going to go and get to our parting questions. So I just have a couple questions I ask all of my guests. So um, some of them are in regards to our faith, and some of them are not. Okay. So, first question for you is, so, Father Richard, if you could have a superpower, what would the superpower be and why? Superpower. Right. This is when I really get you thinking. (laughs) This is a good question. Yes. You know, in fact, I have a superpower. All righty. Do you know what it is? Let's hear about it. The love of God. Excellent. Amen. This is the superpower that I receive <laughs> daily, that I am very thankful, that I feel blessed, that I try to do my best in my ministry because I am loved by God. Excellent. I love that. That's probably the best I've, best answer I've ever gotten. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't know what kind of answer you have had, but yes, um, <laughs> I think... Could you, Many different times. Could you imagine, uh, Jason... You wake up this morning, right? And you can see, you can walk, you can speak. Right. Thanks be to God. the love of God. Yes. And some people do not appreciate that. Right. Because people take for granted that this is a superpower. <laughs> so just only God can give us. This is what I, I see in life. And the superpower is said. Excellent. Who is your favorite saint? I have two. Uh, one is the new one, San Oscar Arnulfo Romero. Yep. Probably you have heard about him. I have. He baptized me. Really? Yes, because uh, you know I am from El Salvador. Right. So at that time, and I was born in the city that he was a priest. Obviously, at that time he was a priest. 
Sure. He had only two years as a priest. So I was baptized by him. And I, I, I see his ministry as a good image because he gave his life for the sake of the kingdom mm-hmm. for his people. And the second one, well, I have a lot of, but the second one is San Felipe Neri. I don't know if you have heard of him. I have heard of him, yes. He's the, the joyful saint. That is one of the most beautiful stories. So my image of him as a saint is to, is to be joy always. He always was joyful. He was a good confessor. And uh, um, now it's a saint. So these are my two saints. Excellent. Excellent. So my next question for you is because you mentioned hamburgers earlier, right? (laughs) So I, I love a good hamburger myself. So what is, what and where was the best hamburger you've ever had? Uh, To be honest, in the Rio, there is a place that is called Salas Burger. Salas Burger. It has been the best. Really? Yes, sir. And the second one here is Red Robin. Red Robin is actually not bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... My, my family, we've been there a couple times, and then their burger's pretty good. It's very good, yes. I don't, I don't like, and I'm sorry, uh, Whataburger. Really? No. Okay. I don't know why, but... Ouch. That one hurts me. <laughs> that, that hurts me. <laughs> but, you know, I have five months not eating hamburgers because I'm in a nutrition journey. Right. I'm doing Weight Watcher. Oh, okay. I have lost forty pounds. Wow! Congratulations. Yes, and I, you know, you know why. I used to encourage my people: you need to take care of your body. We are temple of the Holy Spirit. And I am overweight, and I was overweight. And one, one, one night, I was reflecting: how is possible? I'm talking to my people: you have to take care of yourself. If I am not taking care of myself, sure, in my body. So, at, at that night, I decided the following day was January the 6th. No, I will start doing something. So, I, I, I found with Watchers and his work. So, now I'm in uh, this journey and I miss hamburgers. But <laughs> it is good. It is a good time. But I am motivated. And I, I have understood that my health is more important. Right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Congratulations, 40 pounds. That's definitely an <laughs> yes. accomplishment right there. I want to keep this while I did for two years. We'll see. Um, I'm not uh, stressing to lose weight. No, I'm, I'm trying to have a better way of, uh, a healthy way of sure. eating. Yes. And I, I think that's a better way to actually approach that. Because mm-hmm. if you stress about it, then you end up eating something yeah. that you shouldn't, and you're kind of working against yourself there. Yeah. So that's that's a great way. Mm-hmm. I have two more questions for you. So one is, where is the coolest Catholic place you've ever been to? In Rome. Uh-huh, in Rome. I was in Rome. It's probably the ultimate right there. <laughs> uh, let me think about it. 
I went to the Church of St. Paul. I visited some places, but that one is one, and the second one is the Holy Stirs. I don't know if you have heard the Holy Stirs. No. no. The Holy Stirs are the stairs when, when Jesus was judged by Pilate. So when he climbed the stairs. So um, that stairs were moved and had a, like a, a building like a shrine. So in Rome, in front of the uh, San, uh, the San Leroy Basilica, I think, and they have the stairs. So you had to climb the stairs in your knees, kneeling. Oh, wow. Because there is some part of the uh, blood of Jesus, and they have protected. So I remember that I went this, uh, uh, this year, and I climbed the, the, the stairs in my knees. It was, was difficult, but it was powerful. Amen. And also to visit that that church at St. Paul. There is uh, the chains of St. Paul when he was in jail. And um, the bonds, they they have kept the bonds of St. Paul also. Wow. I can understand what you mean. I haven't done it myself, but my grandparents um, did. And I, I witnessed this, not by my grandparents, but just by, by me going to visit. Uh, my wife and I went to... San Juan de los Lagos, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, probably about 13, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we drove to the Basilica. Mm-hmm. And on the way there, I noticed on the side of the road there were people on their knees. And I was, I was yes. wondering, I wonder why they're doing that. And we get to the Basilica, we, we get down, and there's other people that are just getting to the Basilica on their knees, wa- walking on their knees all the way to the altar, yeah. and then pray. And I just thought to myself, man, the people way back there, they were on their knees. They're coming here. Yeah. And they're doing it on their knees. Yes. You, this is a, um, a tradition to climb these stairs mm-hmm. because, you know, it's considered uh, holy because when it was Jesus was Josh in that time. With right. Pilate. Yeah. Yes. And the, the Church of St. Paul is amazing. You feel the spirit in that moment. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Beside of my parish, there is a beautiful <laughs> parish. <laughs> there you go. With a beautiful parish hall that is it's, paid it's off. the best. Nothing there is no other <laughs> good parish. Well, no. <laughs> better parish than St. Clair in San Antonio. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, last question for you. What message do you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I don't know. It is try to find Jesus in your daily life. Trying to find to find God in your daily situations. Don't give up about faith. Just keep in mind that God is our Father and He loves us. He's not upset with anybody, and he wants to save us. This is why God, through Jesus, gave us a church. The church doesn't save anybody. 
Sometimes people think that I'm Catholic, I would be saved. No, nobody has, as I said in the beginning, VIP. But the church helped us to walk in the way that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Try to find God. Don't listen what the world is saying, what the world is trying to to confuse people. Mm-hmm. Remember that Satan is a, is a beautiful uh, angel, and he is the prince of lies. This will be my message. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you very much, Father, for taking time. um, For inviting me. Yes. Thank you for taking time on your day off even (laughs) to come here and share with us how you keep your fire burning for our Catholic faith. We definitely want to thank Victoria and Noble Renewal Center for allowing us to record this particular episode uh, on holy ground. Definitely means so much to us to have that done. In John 3.30, we do find that he must increase, I must decrease. Want to give a special thanks to my executive producers for this episode. That would be Dr. Jeff Vista, Mr. Christopher Lehman, and also the Men's Axe team. Thank you all for your generous support of the John 330 podcast. Thank you very, very, very much. Uh, Father, if you can do us a favor and close out the episode by offering a blessing, please. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Yes. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank Every- you, Jesus. Yes. Everyone, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day. And God bless you all. From the day I left in the womb To the joy of the empty tomb I know He lived and died for me From heaven high above, a voice came down with the dove, this is my son and I am pleased. He must increase, so I must decrease, and now my heart is open wide. I must decrease, so he can increase He is the center of my life He must increase He must increase He must increase Hello This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.